Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, July the 2nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the potential emergence of a Dolphins defensive lineman and how a few of Miami's units might just be one piece away, plus five bold predictions as we are just three weeks away from training camp and we'll get back into some supplemental draft candidates and maybe read some iTunes reviews if we have time for that. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show and follow me on Twitter at NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter and check out the show at LockedOnFins as well as the content up on Lock- LockedOnDolphins.com. We have a ton of stuff coming down the pipe for you guys, as well as my articles on Vincent Taylor and my five bold predictions up on the website right now. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast for all your NBA free agency talk, and the Locked On NFL podcast for all the coverage of this great league we love so much. But we're all here because we love the Miami Dolphins. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. There are a lot of units on this football team that I believe to be maybe just one piece away from going to, okay, that's a decent unit to one of the top 10 units in the National Football League at their respective positions. And I've talked about it with the wide receiver core, probably more than any other position on this roster, as I believe that Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, and Jakeem Grant could all be very, very viable number twos. And maybe even when healthy, Devontae Parker could be one of the role players on this offense that you require with depth. The one thing they're missing, obviously, is a number one receiver. And in this draft class coming up next April, there's probably five or six guys that belong in that first round guys that have number one receiver potential we all know about Jerry Judy LaVisca Chenault from Colorado the two Clemson guys T Higgins and Justin Ross they're both up there CD Lamb from Oklahoma there are so many options in this class and granted when I talk about these units being one piece away you're gonna have to address these units with a big big time stalwart because the one piece we're talking about is a superstar and I'm sure most teams can say that across the league but I think Miami's in a unique position where they might have the draft picks to make that happen if they go out and execute a similar draft to what they had in 2016 with a guy like Laramie Tunzel and then coming back with Xavier Howard if they do that again at receiver cornerback defensive line they could fill this group out And I talk about the cornerback spot, probably going to have to be an option outside of round one. I've talked about this so many times in the podcast. It's going to have to be a cheap guy to offset the cost of Xavier Howard's contract and also Bobby McCain's contract in the slot there as well. On the defensive line, there's another opportunity to go out and get a first round caliber guy that I think would really galvanize this unit and make it complete. And the reason I'm talking about AJ Epinesa, the Iowa product, as a potential top 10, top five pick for Miami next year 
is I watched some tape on a third-year defensive tackle, defensive lineman, interior-slash-exterior type of player in this new defense, and I'm watching Vincent Taylor, and in watching how impressive he is on tape, you notice plenty of reps from Devon Godshaw, who I have been a big proponent of for some time now, going back to his impressive training camp, his rookie season as a fifth-round draft pick, and Vincent Taylor and Godshaw are on that similar trajectory towards being really long-term stalwarts on this defense. Now, Godshaw has been healthy and been productive and, and stable for 16 games each of the last two years, where Taylor has been banged up. He took an injury late in 2017 and then an injury midseason last year against the Houston Texans. So he has to get back from that and get himself healthy. And that provides us a good transition into the piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com titled Dolphins Vincent Taylor Poised for a Breakout Season. And the reason I feel that way is twofold. One, the film, which I have talked about. But two, the analytics suggest this guy is one of the most proficient players on a snap-for-snap -snap basis in regards to efficiency metrics at the defensive tackle position. And therein might lie the issue you have with several players on this Dolphins roster that makes you believe that maybe this team is closer than they actually are and then you get slapped with reality and you do realize these guys are producing at these levels on the efficiency side of things because they aren't playing the volume of snaps and I compare him off the jump in this article to Ndamukong Sue because Taylor played 185 snaps his rookie season compared to 887 snaps from Ndamukong Sue. So he's literally playing 20% the snap count of an all-pro like Sue, and yet his volume metrics are not that far behind in terms of the snap counts per production. And you look at the tackles that he made, only 12 less than Sue that year, 30 to 18. The run stops, he had half as many run stops, 27 to 13. I know it's not exactly half, but he's producing at a high level on this limited workload. And if he can get himself healthy, then you might be able to extrapolate some of these eye-popping numbers over the course of a 16-game season and wind up with a Pro Bowl caliber defensive lineman because you go back over the last two years and from an efficiency standpoint, he ranked second in the NFL among defensive interior linemen who played 50 or more snaps at the position. So taking away all the guys that played a game or two, he was second in run stuffs, which are stops within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He does it with quickness, he does it with power, and he does it with intelligence. I posted a bunch of videos on my timeline as well as in the article, and you can see him getting after it both as a five technique, as a one technique, inside as a three technique. He's been all across the defensive formation, and he can stuff the run from each of those positions, but I really thought that he added pass rush prowess to his arsenal last season as he, for the second straight year, albeit this time only in eight games, put nine pressures on the opposing quarterback. He had two of those go to go from hits to sacks. So Vincent Taylor is creating more pressure. He's stuffing the run. And you look at the fit he has in this potential defense. Now, we do have the concerns as far as medical and scheme change. But what about that scheme change will make things tougher on Vincent Taylor I don't think there are any because I talked about the position, position versatility and flexibility. That's something this coaching staff is going to absolutely love. The five tech, the three tech, the four eye technique inside of the offensive tackle, outside of the offensive guard. There's a comparable player in the Patriots scheme that played a lot of these same positions as Vincent Taylor, Adam Butler, and he played at a high level doing the same exact things. I think that's your comparable player, but also... The fact that this defense is changing from a penetrating, aggressive, one-gap style of defense to a two-gap read-and-react style, that's something that I think Taylor can excel at as well. But then again, they're going to run both styles of defense, multiple fronts, and I think that 
That versatility and the ability to cross-train at multiple spots makes Vincent Taylor a very, very valuable piece on this defense. Plus, the last thing, the mantra of more you can do is something that pretty much every single coach adopts, and I think Brian Flores especially, and Vincent Taylor has two blocked kicks in his career and five blocked kicks back in college. That's something he excels at very well, getting those big mitts up on special teams and rejecting field goals. So Vincent Taylor, check out the piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's titled Dolphins Vincent Taylor Poised for a Breakout Season, and I just watched this between Taylor, Godshaw, possibly Christian Wilkins stepping up immediately. This group might be on its way. It just needs a Trey Flowers type to really complete the front rotation and maybe add some more depth to that group as well. All right, we're going to return with my five bold predictions for the year. But first, if you finally want to get bold and take control of your sex life, it's time to listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, 5-tech, 3-tech, 1-tech, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy right now. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Forecasting a sixth round draft pick who has only played 200 snaps once in his career probably falls in line as a bold prediction that is projecting him to become a star in this defense, but that's what this time of year is for, getting bold as the hot takes reign supreme, and I'm trying not to call these five bold predictions we're going to talk about right now up on the piece on LockedOnDolphins.com titled Five Bold Predictions for the 2019 Miami Dolphins. And I'm not calling them hot takes because they are based in research and an educated opinion. But I'm also not going to write pieces on the site that you guys can just just digest and say, well, yeah, anybody could have said that. Anybody could have forecasted that. So if I can get two or three of these right, I'll feel pretty good. And we start off the top here. Actually, let's go backwards. Let's start with number five and work our way up to number one because I think they get a little bit more surprising as we go, I think at least in terms of fan perception. And we start off with number five. The Dolphins defense ranks in the top half of the league in scoring defense. And yeah, I get there wasn't a whole lot of talent added to this side of the football, but I think the coaching staff changes the Dolphins opposition this year. And the fact that the Patriots in the past under Brian Flores, and if we're going to assume that his scheme comes over here and is successful, it's going to have to take on some of that mold of what he learned under Bill Belichick and what he learned under Bill Belichick was that your total defensive rank really doesn't matter. It's the scoring rank that matters. And you go back over the past three seasons for the Patriots defense. Last season, 21st in total defense, 6th in scoring defense. 2017, 29th in total defense, 4th from the bottom, 5th in scoring defense. 2016, much better that year, 
eighth in total defense, but the scoring defense, number one in the National Football League. And that's what this defense is going to be about. Bend but don't break and really tighten up in the red zone and be more matchup based and have more guys that can match up in the red zone. And that will cause for fewer touchdowns and fewer points allowed. So the Dolphins finish in the top 16 in the NFL in points allowed this season. Also, another reason for that is because I think the ball control style of offense will put the defense on the field for fewer snaps. So Miami, top half defense in 2019. The next bold prediction, number four on my list here, is that four players will tally four or more sacks each. And I had to pick and choose which how many players I wanted to include in this and how many sacks I wanted to go with. Because frankly, when you look on paper, the talent is not that crazy at the pass rush position. But it would be something of a heel turn to go back now and say that I don't believe this scheme is going to create pass rush opportunities for guys across the board. And I watch what Vincent Taylor does as a pass rusher on this film. I saw what Christian Wilkins can do in college. He's here to get after the quarterback. I do believe that Charles Harris can have a bit of a renaissance here in year number three under Brian Flores and Patrick Graham. And of course, Jerome Baker, I think is going to be the focal point of individual edge pass rushing in this defense. I've got some dark horse candidates, J. Ron Elliott, Andrew Van Ginkle, and then the secondary provides Rashad Jones and Minka Fitzpatrick as potential blitzers in this new defensive scheme. So four of those guys are going to pick up four or more sacks this season. The next one, and that last one I didn't feel great about. This one I'm feeling kind of the same about. Jakeem Grant scores every other game, and what I mean by that is that he scores eight touchdowns. I really, really wanted to say double digits, but I think that's a ledge a little bit too far to me for me to go out on in terms of going out on a limb and being very bold here, but I do think that maybe Albert Wilson's Slow return back to full health might have something to do with this. All in all, I just think Jakeem Grant is going to get more touches, more opportunities, and we're going to see him in a full season as the best punt return man and kick return man in the National Football League. I think he can score from anywhere on the field, on offense, or on special teams. Over the last 14 games of his career, and this dates back to 2017, the last four games of 2017 and the 10 games he played last season, he has scoring plays of 102, 69, 65, 52, 25, and 18 yards. He is a big play threat. I think he finds the end zone a lot in 2019. The number four prediction, number two on my list here, bold prediction for 2019 is that Kenyon Drake amasses 1,500 yards from scrimmage this season. I tweeted about it on Monday. He had just 15 red zone touches last year, and he scored nine total touchdowns, four of those coming in the red zone, but he has touchdowns from 96, 66, 54, 45, 52, 33, 28, 22, 14, and 12 yards in his career. As far as touchdowns outside of the 10-yard line, I think he's going to get many opportunities to hit those big plays this year but also more opportunities to score inside the red zone and inside the 10-yard line in goal-to-go situations. You go back to 2017, the one five-game stretch that I keep on referring to when he was the feature back for the only time in his football career. He produced 594 yards from scrimmage in those five games. You extrapolate that out over to a 16-game season. That's 1,900 yards in a single year. I think that the added emphasis for him in the passing game works that way as well. I think Kenyon Drake has a great chance to have a breakout season with 1,500 yards receiving and rushing combined. And the final bold prediction, and come after me on this one, that's fine, but I'm excited about this one because it gives us something to root for in a season that might not have playoff implications lasting very long beyond even Halloween. But I think that for the first time in a while, this Dolphins roster has more individual parts that you can be excited about their 
their potential to become cornerstone blue chip pieces. I'm talking about the Laramie Tunzels and the Xavier Howards. Those guys are proven blue chip cornerstones. You guys know that I believe Minka Fitzpatrick is already on his way to being that. He qualifies as my third Pro Bowler on this team. The fourth one, I'm going to go to the guy that I just talked about with touchdowns, Jakeem Grant. But as a special teamer, he gets the nod as the return man in the AFC. And the fifth, the final spot, that's open for a variety of players to capture. Can Rashad Jones bounce back? Will Albert Wilson play a full 16 games and get himself into the All-Star game that way? Do either of the former Buckeye linebackers in Raekwon McMillan or Jerome Baker make the All-Star team? Or will Kenyon Drake finally get his opportunity? That's my answer, as you guys well know. So the five bold predictions. The Dolphins put five Pro Bowlers into the All-Star game this year. Kenyon Drake amasses 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Jakeem Grant scores eight touchdowns on the season. Four different players pick up four or more sacks on the season. And the Dolphins' defense ranks in the top half of the league. I think that's fair to call bold, but also fair enough to say that it has a possibility of happening across all five bold predictions. Tell me your bold predictions on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. The show is at Locked on Fins. And we're going to come back on the other side of this podcast and talk about some more of the supplemental draft options coming up later this month on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just seems like I could never have nice things as a fan of sports. I love so many sports and so many teams. And this year, the best-looking team on my entire roster of favorite teams was the Washington State Cougars, and they just, of course, lost their best player to NCAA violations. Apparently, he bought a over-the-counter drug at a GNC, or I should say a workout supplement, not a drug. And apparently that's enough to get you kicked out of college football. And he enters the supplemental draft along with three other mainstay names. And that draft is coming up sometime in mid-July. Here are the names you need to know for the supplemental draft. Marcus Sims is a six-foot-tall, 200-pound receiver from West Virginia. He had 87 catches for 1,457 yards and eight touchdowns in that explosive offense. And he's here because of his own violation of West Virginia's conduct codes. I guess he had a chance to enter the transfer portal. He chose not to and will now try his luck at the professional level in the NFL and enter the supplemental draft. Up next, a linebacker from Syracuse, Shaheem Colon. I hope I pronounced that right. Who the hell knows anymore? He reportedly jumps 39 inches on the vert with a 4.5140 yard dash. So he has those explosive metrics that you might like. The production just wasn't there. He only had one career sack and three tackles for loss at Cuse. We go back to the offensive side of the ball for the next guy on this list. Another name that I just love to pronounce, Devonair Clarington. What a name that is. A tight end from Northland Community College. He was a Texas commit in his heyday, but never got on the field for academic issues. Northland is his second community college, but according to Dov Kleiman, he runs a 4-6, 40-yard dash, so maybe a late-round option if the Dolphins want to go after another tight end and a potential backup to a Mike Kosicki type at that F tight end position. And of course, my dude, 
Jalen Thompson, the first team All-Pac-12 safety from last season, a terrific tackler, terrific ball skills, great intelligence and instincts for the position. He had a chance to be an All-American this year at WSU, the best player on that Cougar football team, and I think a perfect complement to the player they want Minka Fitzpatrick to be in terms of having a guy that can rotate into the slot and cover man up or peel back and rotate with the motion or the shift of the offensive formation and roll back into a single high safety look. I think Minka Fitzpatrick can do that. I think Jalen Thompson can do that at the next level. That would be my top target of the list. Obviously, those are the four top targets of the supplemental draft. I believe there were two more names that are eligible for the supplemental draft. There's just not as much buzz attached to those two guys. And either way, there's pretty much just going to be one of these guys that gets selected according to NFL history. Just about every year, there's one guy that gets taken and that's it. The rest of the guys try to find their way through undrafted free agent contracts or the like, whatever it might be that this includes when you don't go in the supplemental draft. A tough road to hoe, but I think Miami should consider going after the safety from WSU, of course. The date of the supplemental draft is unknown at this time. It'll probably roll out in mid-July as it does every single year, but that's your update on the supplemental draft. And before we check out of here, you know I ask you guys every single day for iTunes reviews, and I want to pay it back and read some of those on the air. If you want to leave a review for me, just go onto the Apple Podcast app, search the podcast, click on the logo, you scroll down and go to ratings and reviews, and you can write one out telling us how much you love or hate the show. And just real quick, before we get out of here and read these iTunes reviews, it has been a while since I've done that, but we've got a five-star rating out of nearly 400 votes, and there are only a few five-star rated podcasts in the entire network or in the entire universe. It's tough to please everybody in that way, so I want to say a big, big thank you to all of you that do that. Even those trolls that leave one-star ratings because it all helps the podcast. The more ratings, the higher up the charts we go. And speaking of the trolls, there is one that continues to change the review on there. I check these all the time, guys. So if you want to write to me and let me know what you think, I greatly appreciate it. I love to read them. But there is one that continues to troll me. I recognize the name, but he continues to say weird things about the podcast. In fact, there are two of them. The first one comes from Abs Dodds123. Please expose yourself because I know these guys don't listen to the podcast and so you're making these things up. So please come at me on Twitter if you do hear this podcast. This one is a one-star vote. It says, Travis needs to go before you lose. I assume more listeners. The one-star vote says this guy is terrible. No idea why you hire people like him. Probably costs your network listeners. Well, the good news is we are one of the top five listened to shows in the NFL channel. So I think they're doing just fine there. The next one comes from Math G with like eight Gs attached to that. Could be a Matthew, a certain Matthew that continues to kind of take pot shots on Twitter. I don't want to point too many fingers or get too speculative, but the one star comes from how many times can you say that's neither here nor there in one podcast? I don't think I've ever said that phrase, but do you, I guess. His voice is feminine and loud. I love that last part, feminine and loud. We'll take that to the bank all day long. Let's get to some five-star reviews here. There are plenty of them. This one says, just excellent, the level of devotion this guy puts in. From Guy in Vegas, found Locked On Fins earlier this year and am completely hooked. Travis reminds me what it means to be a true fan of this franchise with his unbridled and genuine enthusiasm coupled with his vast, vast amount of team stats and in-depth analysis. 
proving that this person is on the air five days a week out of pure passion for the game and for our fins. Love his delivery, his humble attitude, well, thank you, and look forward to following his rising, the rising trajectory of his career. Well, I think that one hits all the key notes because it is about passion, it is about work ethic, and putting all the stuff out there that I do, and so I'm glad that you guys can appreciate that and really take solace in following this podcast and following this football team because right now, yeah, things might be kind of rough in Dolphins land, but there's always something you can take as a fan or learn as a fan and just have a reason to watch these sports. That's kind of the beauty of it. We can all come back once this team gets relevant and gets itself into championship contention and say, hey, I was there on the bus from day one and I stuck it out and it's going to be even sweeter once it does. Let's get another review here who loved the Mark Schofield podcast from last Friday from Dolphin Ray, five stars. Mark's a beast, albeit for the evil empire. I appreciate you guys taking the time to say that stuff and to check out their Twitter timelines and the Locked On Patriots and Locked On Bills podcast, the ones we had on last week. Big thanks to Mark for that. This one comes in from a bunch of random letters. The one and only five-star rating, the only Dolphins podcast that I listen to each and every day. Good job getting the inside joke in there from a regular podcast mention. And let's go ahead and do one more. This one from Ryan Lowe, 34, just says, great podcast, five stars, tremendous podcast. Travis consistently or constantly rather provides great insight and the pod is a must listen. So I really appreciate you guys saying that. Again, if you want to troll the podcast and leave one star, I would rather you didn't, but it does all go in the same direction. It's all positive for us here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network. But as for today's show, let's go ahead and get out of here. We have a lot of content coming down the pipeline on the Locked On Dolphins website, so check out that work from Oliver Candido, Sean Diggity, and we're going to have Kevin Dern on the Sunday Night Feature podcast next week, along with his defensive analogs piece. You won't want to miss that up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And for now, let's go ahead and get out of here on this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast with a kind reminder to each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up, everybody.